Nugget. Hey, Speedy. And hey to our special guest, Atlanta Hawks super fan, Adam Melmoth. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on tonight. So we've got a team of three tonight. Maka is on the bench for this one. He subbed himself out with an injury. So he uh, is unavailable for this one. But um, not to worry. We have plenty planned for tonight uh, with a heavy focus on our special guest and his semi-tortured existence as the only Atlanta Hawks fan I've ever known in my life. How about you, Nugget? Yeah, well, the only one that have ever existed in uh, my book. I think they're just painting crowds on at the moment. I've never knew someone as dedicated as poor old Melly there. Uh, I, I am the president, the vice president, secretary, treasurer of the Australian Atlanta Hawks cheer, uh, fans, fan club. <laughs> well, I reckon yeah. that, that, that's pretty accurate. So we are going to dive into that uh, feature in our uh, towards you know once we've cleared the decks with a few other things we want to talk about tonight so the theme of tonight's episode is we bet you didn't pick that so that uh, that, that theme is going to fall into a couple of things we're going to talk about tonight um, but uh, before we head offshore or stateside let's just keep it local for a bit um, state of origin hadn't started before the previous episode number 52 and in that time we had a COVID lockdown in Melbourne which saw game one of the state of origin shifted to Townsville um, Queensland government paid a hefty price of eight million dollars to then be smashed 50 to six up at their regional jewel in the crown up the new uh, country bank stadium up in Townsville did you see that coming nugget that score line yeah, yeah well how good was it and the, and the fact that they blew eight eight mil on it just to get it up there, the cheap and bastards. So, yeah, it was, it was just fantastic as the tries kept pouring on and we gave it to all those Queenslanders, uh, which we've been hurting for so many years. So, we, you know, you take a win, but when you just annihilate them like that, they were, yeah, just, well, the crowd was silent and for how noisy and the sea of maroon up there like it was it was it was a good spectacle to watch and you know it goes to show you know if they do take it to regional centers it it, it looks awesome i'm sure the ground would have been absolutely pumping um yeah let's hope, hope for one here in newcastle next year be nice well mate that that's a very very interesting point you make there because um I also was quite impressed with the uh, regional sort of aspect um of having it in tansville so I, I come up with a, a, bit, a bit of an idea where I thought that, you know, while it's, it's good to showcase these events in, in other major cities like, you know, Brisbane, uh, sorry, um, Melbourne, Adelaide and Perth, maybe every sort of three years, um, you know, one of the states um, hosts um, a regional game. So, you know, you have to have a, a ground which is, is capable of, of hosting an origin. And in this case, Townsville proved um, that it was, um, you know, a pretty good spectacle. Um, I'm fully supportive of, of the NRL or the ARL, whoever is the governing body of, of origin, uh, to, to take a regional origin to um, each state concurrent years. So, you know, this year, Townsville, and that just happened by chance, but I think moving forward that can happen. And new, the New South Wales option naturally would be Newcastle, which has always been well represented in origin. You obviously have to have stadiums and grounds that, that can cater for that. Um, yeah. But, you know, Newcastle up here has a ground that can well and truly host an origin. Uh, we've seen what it's like in full houses for Knights games. Um, so I'm all for the regional option. 
Yeah, exactly. And I mean, uh, in in terms of did you see it coming? Yeah, no way. In that, you know, you, you, as we said last year, the worst Queensland side ever, and they end up beating us, which is always the way. Um, which, well, moving on and I'll to not take it away from game one, but that's done and dusted now. And you look at the team that Queensland have picked this this week or game two, and you sort of go, especially that young fullback from from the Warriors, and you sort of go, ooh, you know, they sort of go, if you're good enough, you're old enough. But, you know, come origin time, when you've got those big boffers coming down, it'll be very interesting to watch. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit that looking at the lineups for game one, I actually picked Queensland up in Townsville. I just I thought that crowd would uh, would get them home. I, mm. you know, um, definitely thought that the edge uh, in the forwards was with the Maroons. Um, but, you know, the New South Wales back line just blew them away. Tommy Turbo uh, was outstanding. He's run a form since his hamstring injury, you know, racing that kid on the um, Esplanade at Manly. Uh, <laughs> a, f- a few schooners deep. Uh, whatever happened up that next day, I want some of that because uh, <laughs> he's had a rich vein of form. Arguably, arguably the, the, yeah, the best player yeah, in the comp well, so far. Mate. Oh, well, since he's come back, I mean, look at you look at Manly season completely turn that season around in that they were absolutely dog shit. And it, it was immediate impact. And I think that's the. Well, again, going on tonight's theme is, did you see it coming? Well, the fact the impact he had straight away in that they've been blowing teams away, he's just awesome. So, yeah. Um, and it's, he just linked up well with Latrell, which he's sort of quiet, but he showed that yeah, he's not definitely not a fullback. <laughs> and then yeah, how, damaging, and I, how, how damaging he can be as a centre. When and I think on, Queensland so. were, were really shown up when they were playing Capewell in the centres. And Capewell, as good as he is as a you know edge-running back rower, definitely just didn't have you know, what it took to match up against Turbo and, and, and Tedesco and Latrell um, in that back line. And mm. that sort of forced Queensland's hands uh, to make changes for game two. And there's been a bit of a shuffle, reshuffle in the back line. Mm. Uh, 18-year-old kid, Debus. I mean, he's been pretty pretty good for the Warriors and signs are good. And, you know, who knows? It's, 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 it's a bit too early to tell whether or not, um, you know, he's been thrown to the wolves too early. Didn't work out so well for Jared Mullen when same thing happened mm. with New South Wales all those years ago. <laughs> uh, but uh, shout out to Mullen, re- I know you'd be listening to. So <laughs> perhaps <laughs> Reese Walsh is cut from a different cloth and wish the young bloke well. He's uh, he's been he's been good for the Warriors. I mean, as a side, what about the Broncos? Fair dinkum. Yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> it's one of those things. You look at the team on paper; they're pretty bloody good. It's just when they run out on the field, they are fucking atrocious. They, like, yeah, there's just some uh, some very deep-seated issues up there at the moment, and that's trickled down from the top to the bottom, and their performance on field is awful. Massively. Um, so, I mean, the Broncos don't necessarily fit into, I bet you didn't see that coming, but it was kind of <laughs> based on their wooden spoon last year. You, you'd think they would have improved, but they've, in fact, gotten worse. Um, so I kinda, think they, they give Kevy, uh, Kevy Walters... You know, he's a club uh, legend, but I, I think they have to they, they have to see this through with him. I think um, they've got themselves in a position where they they can't ax him. Uh, you know, Seabold was a scapegoat last year, um, and the, I mean, Kevy hasn't necessarily had the chance to get the roster he wants, and yeah. so he they probably need to clean house, and then 
probably, you know, signed some guys, which they, you know, got Adam Reynolds and that's it so far uh, for next year. And I guess pressure really starts to mount from 2022 if the results don't start coming for the Yeah, Bronx. and I mean, being, a, being a Broncos old boy, it's they'll, they'll back him. But at the same, and I mean, you can sort of see because they're clearing house now. In yeah. saying that, you could pick up like a, a, a jilted pain guy junior or something. You'll get him pretty cheap. But so he, he could go pretty well. But yeah, I think they'll basically say to him, righto, pick your roster, build it around Reynolds, which is a great signing. Um, players will come, but I think two, three years max, because then it's his team. If they yeah, still go shit right. If the second Brisbane team comes in, that, lee, that leeway gets even shorter. Oh, totally. Well, yeah. yeah, definitely. definitely. Depending on, on, on who takes that, that, those reins, whether you know the rumours are true, whether it's Bellamy, um, some talk yeah. of that, whether it's Bennett, or well, that remains yeah. to be seen. And there's always going to be that, that new thing too. You know, players, if the Broncos have been shit for a while, then you know, young players want to get on board with, with the start, start something new with the rival club, that they, mm. they become the flavour. Um, yeah. I bet you didn't see that coming. Two record scores, consecutive days for second halves last weekend. With um, well, in in a half, Melbourne leading thirty nil after fifteen minutes on the West Tigers and putting sixty six on the board. Led sixty nil at one point with about twenty five to go. So there was a good chance that score was going to hit eighty plus. It didn't. So if you're a Tigers fan, pretty grim. Yeah, I was actually watching that game with the Tigers fan. And he was just, <laughs> how do you put it? It was almost like a, a silence of there's a death in the family in that he sat there just, he, to his credit, he watched the whole thing. He didn't complain once and just went at the end and went, well, even at half time, he's sort of going, holy shit, is this really happening? Like he knew they're terrible, but yeah, the fact that that score just kept clicking over, clicking over, it was like, it, it, and it was almost... Uh, as each trial went, you just started laughing. Like it was yeah. more me, a bit of a nervous laugh going, Jesus, like kick you off resort try, to kick it. off try. Yeah. Was, and yeah, then wow. and then which well and then you look at the sorry, yeah. I was gonna say the next day, Manly are down twenty four eight at half time and you think, oh, there's an upset here. The Titans have a decent looking squad. This this could happen. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, I mean, you got the goal kicker that was none from five at one point, Ruben Garrick. Mm. So Manly piled on nine second half tries. So for you know, uh, 40, 48 was the um, second half points. So including the misconversions, but they could have had been if they nine tries could have been fifty four second half points, which was uh, unheard of in a half. Um, just a typical, typical goal case, mate. You just, you know, have a big one at shooters, so you come out fresh and ready, and then bang, downhill at half time. Yeah. You're all over. The jungle juice certainly wore but, off. Yeah, which I don't know how much the, and I'll, I'm sort of leading the side here, but how true the rumors are in regards to the new uh, possession where the team that scores kicks off. Did you see? It's, it's it's always funny when you see these um, stories of rule changes coming in after uh, after big events. I think the fact that uh, to change the rule to cover the shortcoming of another rule maybe isn't necessarily the way to go. Um, you know, no, nah, um, no way. 
having winners kicks a bit silly. I mean, you just have to have the onus on on the defence to um, you know try a little harder. Um, you know, yeah. you, you did have you know Red Hot Melbourne coming up against a you know Tigers team that's been struggling of late. Uh, I don't think you can put any excuses on the Gold Coast. Manly just got, something happened. I don't know what it was, but um, you know, even as a non-Manly fan, it was it was pretty good to watch. You know, just laying on tries. I mean, I think there was a point where. I think they scored off three or maybe even four consecutive sets. So three, they scored off the first set of three kickoffs, which, um, mm. you know, so they laid on about four tries in five minutes, which is crazy. Yeah. See, that's just more on the defensive side than anything. Like, yeah, yeah. the poor old Tigers, but you can't go changing a rule change after a round. But, well, it's the NRL. So who knows yeah. what the old Volandis will do. That's it. Another, I bet you didn't see that one coming. One of our former guests on the show, Chad Townsend, uh, was dropped four <laughs> weeks ago after the Sharks' horrid run of form. Couldn't win a game. So the Sharkies dropped Chad Townsend, much to the calls of many supporters. Uh, wanted to see him dropped in favour of some other halves that they felt could have done a better job. Cronulla's Including currently a very, off... a very loud Newcastle fan. Yeah, yeah. I, I de- definitely was in that <laughs> camp. Nothing personal <laughs> against Chad, but the, the football side of things um, it was, it was pretty pretty obvious that uh, something needed to happen. Anyway, Sharkies are on a four-game win streak. A um, couple of those by the skin of their teeth, but there's two points is two points. Uh, and Chad Townsend today uh, released immediately and uh, will join the Warriors for the remainder of the season before he heads up to Townsville next year. So um, there's many a Sharks fan um, who are quite happy with that. Many who didn't see that coming, uh, if, you, if you don't support the Sharks. Um, yeah. It's a lot of Sharks fans going, you ripper. There has to be some New Zealand fans going, what the fuck? Are we going that bad? Like, <laughs> I, I can't see them coming in and changing yeah. their season, I mean, really. I'd have to check on the status of Cody Nicarima, whether or not he's injured. But, you know, like, I know that mm. Roger, two of, two of us, checks leaving and he's, you know, going to, to rugby next year. And, you know, he's named at fullback each week, but he's essentially playing on the wing. You've got the young kid dropping back to fullback, but, you know, perhaps you could even play Nicarima and Walsh as your halves and then drop RTS back to fullback. That, to me, would make mm. more sense football-wise. But um, Chad gets to uh, get out of the Newtown Jets colours and back into oh. the back to the Warriors. I mean, he did used to play for the Warriors there for a year with Sean Johnson in 2014-15 uh, before he came back to Cronulla in 16. But... Um, yeah, didn't see that one coming, and uh, didn't see. Yeah, I wish the, uh, wish you wish you well, Chadley. Wish you well. Wish you well, Chad. He's uh, you know he was a member of Cronulla's premiership team, and that was five years ago, and a lot of water's gone on the bridge since then. And then uh, no surprises oh, wow. <laughs> to see um, reports out of the Raiders that uh, players of accusing Ricky Stewart of blindsiding them and things like that. Uh, Canberra fans, you have to know that Ricky. As a used by date, and his is his is up soon, and he's just trying to bring other players used by dates forward before, before his. But it's on the writings this of the wall. Two years the ago, wasn't it? Yeah, what's that? This was two years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly it was. I don't know. Don't know how. Yeah, don't know. How, he's he's like some UHT milk just stuck in the back <laughs> of the fridge. Hasn't quite it's been thrown stay, out yet. Stay there, and he'll throw as much under the bus as he can to keep uh, climbing up. But yes, yeah, yeah. Well, enough no, of the footy. Let's uh, let's dive deep in 
with our special guest, Adam. We're going to talk some basketball and uh, focus a little bit on the Atlanta Hawks um, and Adam's story as the only Atlanta Hawks fan that we know, which I think in is... In the history uh, of Australia. In the history of Australia, <laughs> it is definitely a bit of a unique title to hold. So, uh, Adam Melmoth, welcome to the show, officially. Thank you very much, yes. So, you're Talk the second, second uh, member of the Melmoth family to join Sports and Spit. We've had your older brother, Ben, uh, yes. on uh, last year. Was that last year? Yeah, that or 2019. Time. I think it was last year, during COVID. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Time flies. So... Um, not only was Ben an NBL player, Adam, you had a bit of a taste of the professional basketball ranks yourself, uh, wearing the jersey of the Hunter Pirates, in, including uh, being Ben's teammate for a period. Yeah. Um, so uh, how how was that experience playing in the NBL? Uh, that, well, that was a, a massively enjoyable time uh, in, in my life. Uh, I, I, probably the, the, the best game that I had was when the, the New Zealand Breakers came over and played Played the Pirates in our inaugural year, and I found Ben, and he was at the free throw line. And I was talking shit to him the whole time he was at the line, and I think he only made one out of two. It was, it was a victory for me, so <laughs> enjoyed that. So, but no, it was, it was a, a dream come true. I could I did, it, did it the hard way. I'd, I, I did it as a developmental squad member, and unfortunately, um, unfortunately for, for Brendan Mann, he, he went down with a broken foot in the first. Uh, first road double header he played and um, got a call later, uh, a couple of days later from Butch Hayes saying that yeah, we want you to come along and, and, and sign you up as a, as, a, as a playing member now you've always been there you know what we run you're always a training and we want to reward that so that's you know, something that I, I talk to my students about in classes about you know persistence pays off you know just and if you want something you keep at it and We'll get there eventually. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the same can be said for the Atlanta Hawks, mate, with their <laughs> um, their journey since uh, joining. You know, since moving from St. Louis to Atlanta in 1955. Uh, actually, no, sorry, 1968. Um, they moved from St. Louis to Atlanta. So that's been a good fifty-something uh, years, almost sixty years. Um. Yeah, I've only, I've only caught a, a big chunk of that. I missed the uh, the, the beginning era, but you know, I think the when I, when I first started, so I only started becoming a Hawks fan. Mum mum went over to America on a, on a holiday trip, and she brought us all back. Uh, me and my three brothers back posters, and we yep. all had to pick. Uh, my oldest brother Simon picked the Michael Jordan poster. Ben picked the Isaiah Thomas Detroit poster. Um, I picked Dominique and Daniel picked the Magic Johnson. So kind of the, the, the teams kind of just went from there. Who we fired, like, so the selections here. were in order of age. Um, yeah. Was there any sort of dispute as to who, who should have had the first pick in the Melmoth family <laughs> draft? No, at that stage, if we, if we kind of tried to assert any type of, <laughs> of um, superior, uh, seniority or tried to input any type of a voice into what should have gone on I kind of got silenced pretty quickly physically yeah. so when uh, so when the bulls were off the table and then the pistons were off the table because if we we go back we're probably in the sort of mid mid to late 80s when, when this would have happened yep. 
Um, that's when sort of Jordan, this was pre-Jordan Championship, so he was still pretty good then. He was just uh, probably getting beat down by the Pistons, and that's why the yeah. Isaiah Thomas poster would have been available because that's yeah. Pistons. This is during, this during the Come Fly With Me video yep. days. Yep. Okay, so around, yeah, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Um, now, t- t- tell us why um, you went with an unproven Atlanta Hawks team when you could have had Magic Johnson Lakers, what what actually made you select the Hawks? The Hawks. It was a sick poster. John Lake yeah. was thrown down. That's <laughs> a fantastic dunk. It was one of his two hands, like ripping the ball in. It's like, man, that looks awesome. So okay. he, was, he was my guy. And we don't know that he wasn't, he was the only guy that had. <laughs> so, but no, we had, we had some good players. Like, we, they're always. It's it's a team that you know if you, if you like mediocrity, you know, the the team for you like they they won't suck that that bad that you get the number one pick and and, and get the superstar, but they won't ever win a title. <laughs> They've never been in a position to win a title. So yeah, well, I mean, supporting teams through mediocrity seems to be exactly what we do here. Me being a Cronulla fan, have only had one one year of joy. Nuggets had to go through the last five or six years of well and truly underperforming Knights teams. Mac oh is a gosh. bloody Bulldog supporter, so, you know, he couldn't win a meat raffle in the butcher shop at the moment with those guys. Um, and then, you know, we've got the uh, you, as a Knights fan, and an and Atlanta Hawks fan too. So, you know, the um, the wins haven't been plentiful over the years for yourself. No, mate. And you throw on top of that Minnesota Vikings fan, we're the, one of the only franchise in NFL history that lost four Super Bowls. So, no victory, so. So, what, so what you're telling us is you know how to back a loser. Oh mate, don't jump on 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 my bandwagon. Jeez, imagine that if Maca Maca and Melbourne pick someone, you just screwed. You've got no yeah. you got the Mac, kiss Maca of death. curse. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. That's why that's why the Duke North Carolina games are so 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 close because that no one knows no one wants no one really wants to win because I don't know who to go for. Yeah. The, the basketball players don't know which one to favour because we're we're going against one or the other. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, so the Atlanta Forks uh, fortunes have, have sort of turned over the last couple of years, and that basically all came about when they drafted a young, skinny, Chihuahua-looking type person. No, we we didn't of, draft him. We didn't draft young. him. Yeah, true. All right. So <laughs> we can't. We, we kind of want. We 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 we, would, we do want to go there, but um, before we dive really deep. The Hawks find themselves. Um, this is the eve of their is it their second ever Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. So they're going in against the um, last year's presumptive favourites, and you'd have to probably imagine now that the the Bucks probably you know, on paper would would be the favourites to win. Um, that tips off tomorrow, um, and the and the Atlanta Hawks just got through a series in the first round where they beat the Knicks um, fairly convincingly. Couple of those games in the Madison Square Garden. Trey Young became Reggie Miller 2.0, not yep. in the sense of his on-call performance, but he did go right. But more so the fact that he found a way to be hated, and he did he did, he did so in front of a, a raucous Madison Square Garden crowd. And those guys have long memories, so <laughs> he'll be hated there for a long time. As is Reg, uh, Reggie Miller, 20 yep. years after you know that incident. <laughs> Um, but the Hawks got through the sixes in round two, and that was a bit of an a bit of an upset. Um, and when we say upset, sixes being the number one seed, 
didn't quite go to plan for those guys, um, you know, and there's many, many reasons for that. Um, you know, all the talk from that series basically had, had been about the Sixers' inability to close out the games, surrendering big leads, um, you know, choking a little bit, um, not coming up big uh, when it counted and basically making decisions on court which weren't the right ones. Um, so all the, the sports talk and sports media have been about those shortcomings. Um, in particular, you know, friend, friend of our show, Ben, ben Simmons, those uh, stories have been well, well documented. We're not really here to shit on Ben too much tonight, if at all, because um, there's, there's plenty of other podcasts that you can listen to which will go into full detail about that. Mm. So we we obviously want to focus, the focus on the other. Yeah, got a basket, <laughs> and, and we have Australia's only Atlanta Hawks supporter, so we need to carpe diem this moment and seize the day yeah. and focus on the Hawks. And, and we and we will, we will, Melbourne, we'll get there. But I mean, as as far as Philly goes, it's what I've found very interesting in that. Yeah, I haven't seen it for years. I mean, Americans are fanatical about their sport from college. NBA, NFL, ice hockey, doesn't matter. They go absolutely fair. I've never seen a team after they lose. They were all basically throwing each other under the bus. You've got, yep, Ben's being a scapegoat for a lot of it. You've got Doc, who's some of the well, shittest coaching records ever. In that losing game big, seven. Losing that's, 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 game seven. That's former great. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Glenn, Glenn Doc Rivers was a, a draft pick, a high draft pick of the Hawks back in the day. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Just whether or not maybe I've forgotten, but I've never seen it this public in terms of they pretty much turn pretty quickly against everyone and sort of picking out each other's flaws. I mean, it hasn't been said yet. Some of them, there was um, a, a few that came back, like, you know, okay, Ben didn't play that well. You've got Doc with a shit coaching record. You've got Embiid averaging eight, nine turnovers a game. Uh, he can't close out for shit. I've said that for a few years now, but because they keep going into him and that's all they had. I suppose the team they had that, yes, they should have gone further, but I don't know. I don't know if I can remember it as much, but I don't remember a city slash the team turning on each other so quickly in that yeah. it was well, I mean- within, within hours. It just yeah. went bang and blew up. Philadelphia yeah. are pretty widely renowned as uh, very passionate, but also very critical of, of their own teams, mm. whether that be, the, you know. This is the fan base and the, the Philadelphia Eagles. They, they threw snowballs at Santa. Like. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, you, you kind of have to look at the roots of where the Sixers team came from. They, if you believe in, you know, karma and, and the basketball gods and stuff like that, you know, sometimes the basketball gods will, will have the final say. And, this Sixers team, essentially, you know, they they lost on purpose for a number of years. They they didn't do it the right way, and they they, they tanked. They did all these things to to get to a point where they could build a team to get to this position. Ultimately, what happened was they built a flawed team, and they had a couple of guys that didn't necessarily mesh together um, when it counted. And some of those fatal flaws became really evident, and that's ultimately is is what you know. Undid them. A couple of other sort of side notes to, to the Sixers was, um, you know, the drafting of Markel Fultz, you know, who then had a, a classic mental breakdown, forgot how to shoot. <laughs> he, he was the number one pick, um, you know. They, and then, They drafted Jason Tatum and traded him for yeah. Markel Fultz. 
So can you imagine if that trade wasn't made? You know, mm. they're probably winning a championship already with uh, Ben, Jason, mm. and Joel. Well, um, just a couple of years ago, then they, they drafted um, Mikel Bridges, who's now lighting it up for the Suns. This okay, Not so this they would want him. This Mikael Bridges trade is one of my favourite Sixers stories and just goes to show that the basketball guards always win because, I don't know if you recall, but Mikael Bridges' mum worked for yeah. the Sixers. She worked in the front office, an employee of the team. The kid went to college at Villanova, which is situated in Philadelphia. Um, so they, they draft this kid who's just come off a national championship. You know, he's a, he's a perfect sort of, you know, 3 and D guy, great fit in the team. They draft him, you know. They do the story, the interview with the mum, sort of after he's drafted, you know, mum talks, this is great, it's, it's good to have him coming, blah, blah, blah. Ten minutes later, we have a trade. You know, the guy come, you know, I think it was uh, Adam Silver comes out, we have a trade, Philadelphia and Phoenix have got a trade and they're trading, well, I think, whatever pick, pick he was, Bridges, to Phoenix for the rise to Zaya Smith and blah, blah, blah. Zaya Smith, another good, you know, touted college player, um, what Philadelphia didn't realise was he had a nut, nut allergy and they almost killed him when they the team chefs gave this Zaire Smith a meal with the nut. He got really, really crooked from it. Cut from the team, not in the league anymore. Mikhail Bridges starting, you know, wingman for the Phoenix Suns who are over in the Western Conference Finals up 2-0. Um, so the basketball gods obviously have their say. There's a 1,001 stories that you could bring up about Philadelphia and all their fatal flaws. Um mm. But the other night was the night that the process died. Um, that that I think chapter was essentially closed. I think you're right, and that, that's that's why I think I think because well, like Toronto, they're one bounce away from going through when Toronto beat them. It goes the other way. Well, and it's more like it's, four or five bounces, right? Because it bounced well, that many times. Yeah, it kept, kept kept going. <laughs> but I suppose then the cracks started to show there. But like I said, it didn't seem to implode as much. As, and I think you're right. I think the process finally cracked and just crumbled and it's now kaput. So be interesting yeah. to watch this space in Philly. Oh, there, there will definitely be some movements. And, you know, and, and maybe for Ben, you know, a change of scenery might do him and the Sixers the world of good. You know? It's, it's oh, probably absolutely. got to a point now where his tenure in Philadelphia is basically untenable. You know, the yeah. draft lottery was today and Adam can sort of... Uh, touch on that a bit more um, as, as we discuss, you know, the, the season at large. Um, but there will definitely be some options for Ben and the Sixers to to facilitate a trade. And, um, you know, I can't see his, his management team, you know, allowing or pushing for a trade to a team that, you know, um, isn't very good or doesn't have a good market exposure. So I think if something was to happen, it'll be a situation that will be good for Ben and good for the team that he goes to where, that pressure of being a, a number two scorer or the guy, you know, isn't necessarily there. I kind of think Ben would be best suited on a team with a couple of great wing shooters um, and Ben can just, you know, slot into a role, um, you know, in the back three, be a great, great defender, facilitator, pass out to the wings. Um, yeah. And he just fits so, so well with the Joker here in in Colorado, in Denver. Can't wait to have oh, him. Yeah. be good. Den- Denver's an option. I mean, I, I kind of see Ben would be an absolute great fit with the Warriors. Um, you know, the Warriors have to, you know, shuffle a few cards in that deck in order for that to happen. But if you talk about a great fit with uh, Steph and Clay, you know, imagine oh, Ben man. steaming down the court. You get your guys peel out of the wings. It's just, it's on all day. It'd be great, great television. That's, that would be scary. 
to be honest. She Big market like exposure. That. You know, those Oakland jerseys are, are pretty nice. You know, number 25 Simmons on the back of one of those. Rebel Sport will be chock full of them. All of them wear them. So I think, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, as, as bad as it was for Ben to go out the way he did and that the way that the season ended for him, um, I can only hope that uh, things turn around for him and next season he'll be um, in a better spot with a different team and um, he can sort of re- rebuild his career um, and become the sort of player that we all kind of hope he can be. See how that goes. On to the next one. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. On to the next one. And the next one is Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. So, Melbourne, let's go back to draft night. Was it 2018 or 17? Uh, I think it was I think it was, I think it was eight. Was eight, it eight. Well, whenever it was, um, Luka Luka Doncic, the highly touted young European recruit, MVP of the EuroLeague at 18 years old. Um, all the reports had this kid as the the best player in the draft. You know, um, mm-hmm. Phoenix Suns win the draft lottery, get the number one pick. There's a kid yeah, called DeAndre Ayton. Two, 2018. So big DeAndre Ayton, the, uh, the the freshman center from the hometown Arizona Wildcats. Um, Phoenix had a need for a, a big man. Um, was Aiden freshman of the year, something like that. He, he was pretty good. He, he had a good season, uh, a lot of good reps. So, you know, the, the natural fit was um, him joining Devin Booker and the Suns. Suns were pretty shithouse at the time, but uh, there was some doubts as to whether Booker and Doncic could have, you know, coexisted in that team. Um, what is funny about that is the Suns hired um, Doncic's national team coach from Slovenia as the head coach. So everyone thought, oh, this is a great way the Suns going to get Doncic. They didn't pick him. So management overrid the coach, which was, um, as you've seen for Phoenix, that's kind of worked out pretty well. Um, so a defensible pick for number one at the time. Number two, this is not about Luka Doncic, mind you, but number two, Vladi Divac, European player, loves the Euros, knew or was friends with um, Doncic's Serbian-born father. Um, everyone thought, oh, match made in heaven. The Kings will take Luka Doncic for sure. Kings didn't take him. They took a lefty from Duke, Marvin Bagley, who has just proved to be no good. He's a bit of a bust so far. Third pick, third pick, the Atlanta Hawks. And this is where this is where you come in, Melly. Tell yeah. us about that day. Everybody knew about Doncic, right? Uh, yeah, like I, I, I was sitting on the lounge. I, I, I stopped. I, I put off all my notifications. Didn't want to know. I, I knew we had a chance. We were one of the worst records. I sat there. I was watching. I saw the Phoenix uh, picked on uh, picked Aiton. Okay, okay, here we go. All we need is Sacramento. Sacramento doesn't take him. We've got it. The third. We, we, we got, they've got to take him. He's the, right. And then Sacramento take back. They're like, yes, we got him. And then they announced, yep, Land Hawks picked Doncic. And I'm pump, fist pumping. I'm up in the land room. Like, yes. And family's a bit worried about me and what, what I'm doing. Jumping, oh, on, for, jumping on Fanatics, ordering the jerseys. This guy's, guy's going to be awesome. And, um, <laughs> and then within the next pick, on comes, I don't know if it was Woj or. Well, uh, goes, I think Memphis took Jaron Jackson Jr. and it was the fifth pick. The Dallas had the fifth pick. Yeah, but it was, it was before that. They're like, oh, oh, because that's right. That's the year where the, the, everything was announced before it actually happened. Yeah, they're like, there's, the rumors have come in that uh, the Hawks are trading Doncic. I'm like, 
And I've been our friend Darren Duff, who's a big Oklahoma Sooners fan, just saying how trash I'm going, ah, oh, this magic and they're gonna get um Trey Young and he's terrible, he's too small, he's too slow. He 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 he'd faded out towards the end of his uh, year at Oklahoma. He's not gonna be any good. Um Orlando are gonna get him, ah oh, suck it. And uh don't just been traded. I'm like, oh no, don't don't say it. And I'm like, oh it's it's the deal's in place. If Dallas select Trey Young, they'll trade Trey Young to the Atlanta Hawks for Luka Doncic. Mate, my world just fell out. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on here? Like, this guy is like, he's so good. Like, he's, everyone, it's not like he's something that came out of nowhere that that, that was surprised that he was going to be this good. Like, like I said, MVP of the Euro League at 18 years old, professional when he was 14. Like, all these accolades coming through, and we traded him for Trey Young and a future first round pick. And it's like, it's, yeah. Oh, and I, I went onto the, the Land Hawks Facebook page and I vented. <laughs> I put on, oh, a true fan always lets their feelings be known on the fan forums. I just want to say that. I'm like, after all we've been through, after you traded Dominic Wilkins. We were coming first in the Eastern Conference and we lost training for Danny Manning and he left after half the season. And I just, I let it all out. I'm like, you, you, you've lost me. You're done. I'm done. And then I was back. <laughs> now, mind you, this audience would have only been all in the States because you are the only Atlanta Hawks fan in Australia. Yeah. So no one, no one here really could sympathise with your angst. So yeah. you took it to an overseas audience. All right, so... Doncic's successes was was you know pretty immediate. His, his impact was immediate. You know, rookie of the year, average twenty a game, and you know if you fast forward to to last year, you know All NBA team, things like that. All NBA first team this year, MVP favorite start of the year, etc. So Phoenix and the Kings, especially, um, you know, did cop a fair bit of flack for passing on this guy. Um, the coach for Phoenix lasted six months before he was sacked. And uh, Vladi Divac, the guy that didn't draft Doncic uh, when he knew his Serbian-born father, um, also lost his job. Um, hasn't worked out so well for the Kings. You can make a case for the Suns that that decision was right in hindsight. Things are going pretty well for those guys at the moment. Um, but Trey Young's time with the Hawks has been a little bit love and hate, hasn't it, Adam? It's, um, yeah. It's, um, just... Through his first couple of years, he, he, he still relied on those long-range Steph Curry-type three-pointers. Um, you can see that Travis Schleck, the, the general manager who came over from Golden State, everyone was always saying how it looked like he was trying to create a Golden State, the East Coast version of Golden State. Yep, you know, that's, his, that's right. Trey Young, Trey Young was going to be the Steph. Kevin Herter was going to be the Ranger version of, of Clay, Clay Thompson. Yeah, Amari uh, Spellman, who was from University of Connecticut, was supposed to be the Draymond Light, as such, and you know, build from there. Um, and so it, it, Trey had these long-range three-pointers, and everyone was loving it. But it just, it just didn't, wasn't sitting right. He was getting it, punished. It, it wasn't. Defense. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't winning basketball. The the, the no. defense was virtually non-existent. It was. Um, you know, he he was very much a good stats, bad team guy, and that's yeah. that. That's kind of the way that a lot of people thought that Trey's career would go. Um, there was a coaching change, and to, 
have another tie tie back to the Sixers. Uh, the Sixers, with their process, um, Atlanta hired their assistant Lloyd Pierce after the Sixers had their 50 and 32 run and 16 game win streak and looked good, you know, in their exit that year for the playoffs. They basically done what the Atlanta Hawks have done this year, where they you know overachieved a little bit and and, and got to the point where they were. So the Hawks hire a Sixers coach, Lloyd Pierce. It doesn't work out at all. Um, this year, or halfway through this year, um, Pierce was fired. Uh, a lot of infighting with the Hawks. Players openly um, in, in video sessions were, were known to to call out Trey for his selfishness and his unwillingness to trust and pass the ball. And Belmont, I'm sure you could probably share a few more things from the fan forums that you've been on um, when you you know look at the 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 plummeting record of the Hawks. Were they 14 and 20 at one point when they made that, that sacking? Yeah. And then uh, uh, interim coach, Nate McMillan, who yep. came on this year after being uh, released of his duties in Indiana last year. And um, McMillan's been around a while. Yeah. Uh, former defensive minded uh, guard, mostly from the Seattle Supersonics days. Um, yeah. And sort of a, a, a bit of a, defensive mentality into the team and the thing started um, to turn so when, when all this was happening where were you on Trey Young every time you watched a Dontich game another triple double Mavericks win <laughs> you know and then the Hawks lose but Trey scores 37 what would torment you of, of a night time just the <laughs> just the size like like how, it always came back to like yeah sure Trey would have good games and that but yeah, the, the, how could we give it up a player who would do the basic exact same thing, but be seven or eight inches taller, another extra forty pounds worth of uh, weight, um, to to be able to do some banging, get uh, help on the rebounds, and do those type of things? And it's like, how, how do we do this? Why do we do this? And and yeah, just it's it was repeating over and over again. Yeah, I mean, in my head, every time these matchups came up. The big knock on Trey Young wasn't necessarily his lack of skill. It was just more so his lack of size and whether or not he could actually mm. handle NBA guards. And it wasn't so much an issue on, on the offensive end as, you know, where mm. could he be in defense and 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 would and would it, would an opposition offense just target him and basically seek, you know, matchup, um, you know, advantages and, you know, switches and things like that and constantly just, just punish that, that small guy. Um, but something happened after that coaching change and you know the Hawks Hawks have just gone on some some kind of run and you know they essentially have become Warriors East um, yeah. in many ways despite the loss of a couple of guys you know and you know it's it's no surprise that a coaching change and then getting uh, Bogdan uh, Bogdanovich back from injury sort of you know helped right, right the ship a bit and here we are. That's, that's the thing like uh, we had a really like I was happy with our off-season Acquisitions like we we picked up uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich like you're saying um, after his f- failed uh, signing in uh, Milwaukee. Uh, then we, do, we do you think that's kind of up. ironic that he's now playing against the team that, that that sort of broke a few rules to get in there? That would be interesting if he was one of the key members, which allowed us to to, to beat him and, and go it through the finals. That'd be a that, that, that the basketball gods, the, the karma coming back. I think as you were talking about earlier. Um, but like players like Danilo Gallinari um, had a great series against Philadelphia. It was another another key off off season signing. 
even um, like I think like we had a bad season last year, and we had a, a high draft pick uh, in, the, in the last last draft, and that's it's, it was it's always the Hawks' luck that whenever we have a high draft pick, it's a very shallow draft, and it's only normally one or two good players, and we we always get just outside that range normally, and same thing kind of happened this year where there was only supposed to be two or three talented players. I think we got the fifth pick or sixth pick. We ended up with Onyeka uh, Kongwu, and he wasn't getting played much under Lloyd Pierce. Um, and then once uh, Nate McMillan came in, he, was, he started giving him more time uh, throughout the regular season. It's starting to pay off now. Uh, in the series against Philadelphia, he was a bit, bit, of a con- bit more of a con- contributor where we could we could have Clint Compeller off, off the court Sometimes when um, Embiid was still on and still be able to, you can't really contain uh, Joel, Joel Embiid, but you can at least you know, try and minimise the, the no, effect you, that You just have to make him game. beat you from uh, 24 feet and you know, try, just try and dribble you down instead of posting up. Yeah, you so know. he was a bit more younger mobile and he, could, he didn't make his free throws, whereas you know, um, Clint Capello has, has that, that same issue with, his, with poor free throw shooting. So, so by blooding um, some of those younger players throughout the regular season helped us. Is is helping us um, uh, in, in big leaps and bounds in, in the playoffs. There's a bit of a saying that uh, you know teams are a year away from being a year away, or players are a year away from being a year away. But uh, many thought that about the Hawks, and you know there, there was certainly some questions over their off-season moves prior to the season starting. You know, is, is Gallinari a good fit? Did they just buy him because they had to spend up to a certain amount of the cap and they signed Rajon Rondo and another two point guards um, as free agents, which, you know, Rondo's out. He, he left, got bought out, went and joined the Clippers and uh, I'm not sure what happened with Chris Dunn. Did he no, get injured? No, it was, it was, we traded him for Lou Williams, which is another uh, a big... Uh, uh, Sweet Lou, transition. yeah. Sweet Lou, like he came back to Atlanta and He's, he's fitting really well with the, the group and he's he's been really happy with uh, being back and being one of the other uh, statesmen on the team. He said, I think the, it was, it, was it game four or five when um, game five when Williams was, had 13 in the fourth quarter and basically yeah. brought him back and essentially just put him in a position to win that game? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sweet Lou cops so much criticism for you know his, his playoff fade outs, but uh, he's, he's, a, he's a guy that you like to have in your team because he's his microwave, instant offense, gets yeah. it done. So they, they ace up the sleeve that you don't you can pull out every now and again. But like, we've got yeah. players like Chris Dunn, who we signed up at uh, point guard for the Bulls, who's a very good, talented defensive player and has, has had plenty of start, starting experience in the league, hasn't played all year through injury and, and just not been able to, to, to crack the lineup. So yeah, we've got a, yeah. a deepish, a deep, deep team that you know, Solomon Hill, who is, has always been one who, through many years of fantasy basketball, you, know, you, you see him. He pops up every now and again. Will contribute a little bit. Then at the end of the regular season, I think he was the first player in NBA history to to shoot 40, 50, 100, 40 percent from the free throw uh, field goal, fifty percent from three, and one hundred percent from the free throw line. I'd, I'd like to see how many That's free right. throws he actually. Attempted to to get that and, percentage, uh, but yeah, red velvet or white clay. Kevin Herter, who looks like he tops the class in accounting one hundred and one at uni. Um, <laughs> he doesn't look like an NBA player at all. He's got uh, shoulders the size of my eight year old sons. Um, but yeah, he can. Uh, he got it done in uh, game seven. He had a big game and can you can sh- shoot the ball pretty well. So I mean, yeah. definitely some building blocks for the Hawks. Um, you yeah. know, one of their best perimeter defenders, DeAndre Hunter. 
a high draft pick. Um, he, he's he's been out. He's only played 28 games this year. He averaged over 15 points a game. That's that's a lot. Like people say, oh, you know, the Hawks don't deserve to be there. But we've 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 battled through. Like as I said, like Hunter was one of our uh, most improved players to start the year. Like he was averaging probably close to 20 when he came back. His average his points per game was dropped because. In the first few games coming back, he, he hadn't scored many points getting back into the flow of it. And he played a few uh, few minutes. He was averaging up near 20 points a game for most of the year before he got uh, had his main injury. And he's out He's out now. Um, his knee's flared up again, so he's out for the rest of the playoffs. But he's been out for a while. We lost we had, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is out for, for a long period of time. Um, Clint, Pe- Clint Capella didn't uh, start uh, playing until about 10, 12 games into the season. So, you know, we... We've, we've, we've battled throughout the year. Like, you know, so I hear all the, the, the commentators going, oh, all the teams deserve to be there, oh, yeah, except, except Atlanta. I'm like, no, no, we, we deserve to be there. We've battled just as much as everyone else has. I mean... Hey, if you, you, you win, you, you win, you win, you win. So yeah. you get through, you get through. Exactly. What, ha- what happens tomorrow? Game one, Bucks. I mean, I'm... I'm saying what I said to Philadelphia is that they'll sweep you and look what happened there. So I'm probably no judge there, but what do you reckon? Um, what do you reckon, Switch? I'll ask Switch first. Yeah. I don't know what Melbourne thinks. <laughs> well, I mean, I think uh, the Bucks got through on the length of a shaved pubic. Um, and that, that's basically <laughs> the difference between Kevin Durant's shoe and it, it just touching that three-point line. I mean, that... That game seven uh, was crazy. Durant's game, that 48 or 49, whatever he had, and that, that turnaround jump shot, which the commentator thought they weren't. When I watched it, I thought, oh, he might have his foot in the line here, and he did just. Um, so, I mean, it could very well be a, a, a Nets versus Hawks Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, the, the, the Bucks let one get away last year, you know. Um, they probably have more to lose than what the Hawks do. Um, you know, like Coach Bud, a former Atlanta Hawks coach himself, you know, he, he's a little bit like uh, Doc Rivers um, of late in the sense that, you know, he's got well-documented player failures and, you know, had um, had Durant's shoe been a 16 instead of a 17 size, um, then Coach Bud would have been fired within, you know, less than 24 hours after that loss. Um, you can't have two flame outs like that. Greek Freak, mate, I, I just think... I think it's too close for him now. I think I don't think it'll be a sweep. I think the Hawks might take one to two games, uh, but it, it it could you know very easily end up a seven game series because the way that the Hawks play, the way Trey Young plays, I hate it. Um, I have to say that as as much as I admire Trey Young for his tenacity and his um, you know his effort, he's one of my least favorite players to watch. Um, you know, uh, I admire his, his range and his three-point shooting skill, but I hate the way he goes about foul hunting, you know, dribbling back into players, you know, you know, basically trying to sort of, you know, get an advantage from his size and speed to play the game. And I, in order to draw fouls, to, to take easy easy foul line shots, he's a very good foul shooter. I think... Um, yeah, I think you're right. I, just that, I just don't like- that style of play, jumping into people, flopping around, it's just shithouse. Like if you've Bitch, got a beard you and you, you you wear twenty three and you're in uh, Los Angeles and you just flop everywhere and yeah and you're lauded for it. 
<laughs> oh, I mean, as, as much as a LeBron fan I am, I have grown a bit tired of the flailing and the acting and the, you know, like the the the, the call selling. And that 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 to me is kind of what has, you know, really had, has had an adverse effect on the NBA last couple of years. You know, Definitely. NBA players have, yeah. have taken pages out of European soccer uh, and, you know, players' books when they really were sort of taking the dives and selling it. Now, because sport across the board is so... You know, heavily protected against you know uh, hits to the head and the face. Players are coached and, and they know how how to sell contact and they flop and flail and then there's video reviews and flagrant fouls for things that shouldn't be. And Trey Young has just basically mastered it. He's mastered the ability to initiate, draw, and sell contact where normally it wouldn't or shouldn't be a foul. Um, and he just fouls players to the point where gets them in foul trouble, ends up on the foul line. And you know. If Trey Young was just, to drive the lane pretty, and put his floaters up and and shoot threes and win it that way, I don't have a problem with that. But it's it's the rest of the thing that that makes me not like the way he plays and many other Sixers fans and NBA fans in general. But I have to yeah. give it to the guy; he's tough yeah. and he's and got heart. You have to put yourself in that position. And for those listeners that don't know, if you've ever played against or with uh, Adam Melmoth before, he does put himself in a position and to take the hit to cop a few. Uh, now that staging has been called on a Thursday night basketball, we're going to see how this goes, but uh, that's a, that's a story for another one. But, but when you look at that, I mean, they're playing to how that's, how that's ruled. At the so moment. Adam, let's get your perspective, right? That, that you, is. Yeah. In, in your playing days, you, you, you were, you were known as a bit of a, you know, an on-ball defender, a, a great defensive player. Um, when you watch Trey Young play, is there any part of you that just sort of goes, oh, I fucking hate this, but you know, he's Damn. on the team. Yeah, like, How do you feel I, when, 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 when you watch him play? It's particularly when he, he goes about doing the things that he does to really just get under people's skin. Like, the whole, when he will get past someone in a trailing, a defender will trail and he'll jump back into them as they're trailing. That part of it, oh, well, that's not a foul. You can't call that a foul. It's, and I don't agree with that part of it. The part that I... I, I, I'm, a, I'm impressed with the, the defender when they're defending with their hands out. You put your hands out to try and touch the defender at all. You're putting yourself at risk. You're putting that chance out there that he's going to try and make contact with your arms because you're leaving your cylinder. Okay, so you know, if you're not going to play with your hands out defense, hands up, hands out, hands out, then you're, you're the one. You're running the the rule out of trying to you know, Russian rule out of, of getting caught. And, and, and getting in trouble for putting your hands in. You're always taught, get your hands out, get your hands out. Yeah. I mean, drawing so, a foul is definitely a skill. I think what really gives people the shits who aren't Atlanta Hawks fans is the it, it, it's the sell of the contact, the flailing, the throwing the head back, the, you know, you know, opening yeah. your mouth and, you know, pulling faces like you've had your leg cut off with an axe, and th- things oh, like that, uh, you know, and yeah. then that, that's what really annoys, uh, you know, the experience of watching him play because, you know, there's definitely parts of his game where you just have to admire the fact to, to, to blow by a defender, to, you know, to take on a seven-footer in the paint but then put up a really soft floater and he never misses them. Now, it, it's, it's a really it's, – it's almost it's, – it's kind of like the, the 2020 version of a skyhook from Kareem, you know, a runner yeah. from a point guard in the lane. It's a, it's a very effective sort of – it it's almost, like, you almost can't, can't guard it. And yet, that's, that's the thing I love about – that's the part of this game that I love watching because when he gets there and he'll suck the, defense, the the big guy in and he just lobs it to Capella. 
or John Collins. Like, and if they don't come, he, he just he just drops it off. Like, drops it on. I a, mean, because you know, Trey Young's a great, great passer. He's he, yeah. he's an excellent passer of the ball. Averages ten assists. He's he, you know, he's a sort of guy that uh, you know you want on your team for the simple fact that if your shot isn't falling, he can go get eighteen assists. Yeah. Without a problem. Um, well, there's a lot of like before we he started making this this run. One of the moves that he did that really aggravated a few defenders is that he dribble at them and he dribble the ball between their legs and run around and get it before them. And the defenders would come out and go, "Oh, that's disrespectful. You, know, you shouldn't be late." Like someone I can't remember which defender did it. An older defender, like he, he dribbled between his left legs and he tried to run around. And he just checked Trey straight up and was trying to talk trash to him. So it's disrespectful. It's like. No, no, keep your legs closed. Like, keep your hands down. Have a hand down low, hand in the passing lane. Yeah, just, that's not disrespectful. Nah. It's, it's, it's like people that, that, that whinge and bitch about, you know, um, you know, trying to, you know, not, not run the clock out. The yeah. game's 48 yeah. minutes. Play the full game. Um, yeah, that, that, that's my pet hate. They're always yeah, disrespectful. Same. Fuck that, shoot it. So the Sixers, <laughs> in, in parts before they imploded, had some relative success of using bigger defenders guarding training the perimeter. Um, the Bucks are a little bit similar in, in what they can throw at Trey in terms of defenders, you know, throwing Middleton, Giroux Holiday, maybe some Greek freak at him uh, from time to time. They're probably the only three guys that can do it. Um, where do you see the Hawks winning the series, Melmoth? If um, they're going to win, how are they going to win it? Trey's got to shoot well. well. We can't have another game seven, was it three of 19 or five of 20, something that he shot. Um, but we also need, you know, we, we, we need to have our perfect series. Like we, we had a good series. A lot of people stepped up at certain times. Um, I think it was as much as a, as a Philadelphia implosion as we we played well. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to get that type of, from Milwaukee. I don't think Milwaukee's got an implosion in them. I think we're just going to need to play a lot better as a group to, to maximise what we've got. Um, Kevin Hurd is going to have to have some good games. Um, Capella and, and Collins are going to have to do uh, a work, do a job on Greek Freak and um, and Lopez for, for, with the bigs. I think with the loss of uh, Dante DiVincenzo for for Milwaukee might might be a bit of a, a hint of hurt uh, with those guys. Look, just cuts down their their uh, rotation depth on. Um, on the on the wings and, and on the guards. Um, Give us a prediction out. and a uh, a storyline that you think will uh, will will play uh, out. Like I'll, I'll go Hawks and six. Hawks and six, yeah. We've shown I think we've won more games on the road these playoffs than we have on at home. So five playoff road wins. Yeah, not not having home court advantage isn't going to going to worry us. So and. Traveling to Milwaukee is not not, not, not not much of a scary adventure. It's hardly a fortress. No. So let's <laughs> let's think about the randomness of this final four. So in the East, we've got the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks, who for years and years have been the also rands of the the Central and the Atlantic uh, Central Division, Southeast Division, before they they realigned it. Um, you know, as a kid collecting basketball cards. You know, Robert occasionally, Robinson. yeah, those teams might have had some, some good players, but they've all, uh, for the most well. part... We, lo- we love Jack Finn Baker. Baker. <laughs> Finn Baker, yep. Loves a drink, Finn Baker. Um, Alvin Robinson, legend. Yep. So, 
success has been fairly limited for, for these two teams. And now, you know, with the, you know, lucking out on, on some prospects, you know, Trey Young, a small, undersized prospect, you know, Greek freak, uh, you know, a, a project at, 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 at pick 15, you know, no, nobody sort of had much inkling as to what this guy could have been, except he was six foot nine at the time. And, you know, very, very skinny and, and long. Um, and he grew and became a two-time MVP. So you got, you know, really sort of different stories and, and different body types and, 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 and from, their, from their best players. They find themselves in these spots. Over in the West, LA Clippers, you know, the, the joke of the league for, for many, many years, you know, they, they, they're sort of uh, storied. Uh, well, it's not really storied. Their, their, their Mayan history has been well, well documented of late. You know, we're a shit owner for years and he was ousted by the league and taken over by the guy that founded Microsoft, who's, you know, the biggest Clippers fan of all time. Uh, just also has, you know, five or six billion dollars of his own to keep playing with his project of his. He's going to be my favourite owner. I love how animated he is during yeah. games. And... But, you know, basketball karmas hit these guys. Clippers curse, as they say. You know, Kawhi Leonard out, you know, from a little Joe Hingles hip check. No one really knows whether he's actually torn his ACL, partial tear, whether it's a sprain. You know, the status in Leonard's day-to-day. Clippers find themselves down 2-0 to the Phoenix Suns, another team that, you know, has been pretty rubbish for a long time. Um, you know, a little bit of success in the mid 2000s that faded pretty quickly, and then they've been in a, a state of basketball purgatory for the best part of 10 years. Uh, out of nowhere, you know, out of that draft, Melbourne, you got Luka Doncic out in the first round for pick one and pick five either side of him in the conference finals. And just, <laughs> just, just on that, do you reckon um, Kawhi comes back game three? Or is this is this a showing of if he's actually done his knee or not? As in, if he you would think two nil down, he comes back if he hasn't done it. I kind of think the Clippers were really, really banking on them winning that game today, then that would have bought Kawhi Leonard another few days of recovery that he maybe comes back for game four or even game five. I think game five is probably where they were targeting to come back. Now that you're two nil down, you almost have to if if he's gonna play, bring him back for game yeah. four in LA, you know, but if you're a Clippers fan, are you too worried? Well, you've proved that you've, you've been down 2-0 in the first two series, but I think this Phoenix team is a bit of a different kettle of fish. I think out of all the teams left, the four random teams, the teams that you wouldn't have picked this coming for this to be a final four. I mean, you know, you know, when you are on Melbourne Cup day, you go to the tab and you put 20 bucks in and felt $21 mystery bets and you get all the different combos. If you had yeah. done a, a, a $20 mystery bet for the conference finalists, there's no way in the God's earth you would have had Phoenix, Clippers, Hawks, and Bucks as your final four. So if you did a, if you did a mystery one, and that was the four that came out. You just scrunch up and go, "That was a waste of a buck." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You end up winning sixteen hundred percent of the pot. Yeah. Or, or, you go <laughs> to the bin, go go to the dump. I gotta go. For, I gotta find this ticket. So on that, you know, it, it's pretty well documented over the years that you know the NBA prefers to have you know teams from big markets battle out in the finals. Do you think this is good for the NBA with, um, you know, for we're going to call them small market teams, even though the Clippers are based in LA, but they're sort of, you know, LA light. Um, is it good for the league that we come down to a final four like this or, you know, is it uh, not so good? Particularly yeah. with the amount of injuries that have been, think, the big stars are out. I think it's good in that, well, you look at this and we're, we're going to, 
well, it's got me back watching it in that I sort of would flick on a few games and watch, but I'd never, I haven't watched NBA religiously for a couple of years. Um, I'd watch the playoffs here and there. I'd watch the highlight packages, but it's really got me intrigued. These, well, tomorrow's game, especially in that I'm wondering, I'm picking, like I said, the sweep to the Bucks, but I've picked against Atlanta the whole way through. I was hoping the Knicks would come through, but anyway. Um, but but at the same time, I think it's good, especially well, they're flailing big time when it comes to viewership and that sort of thing over in the states. So. I think this creates a bit of interest because it is the smaller market. And I mean, you've got, like I said before, the fanatical fans are just going, they just go absolutely berserk. Um, yeah. So you, you're, you're going to have all of Milwaukee. You're going to have all of Phoenix, LA. Yeah. You've got half of LA. Um, and well, yeah, Atlanta will be riding that hard. So I think it's a good thing to be honest in that, yeah, I think this might actually boost a bit of ratings as opposed to if it was a Lakers. I mean, you'd still watch it, but if it was a Lakers Nets, which we were all sort of predicting, yeah. it was LeBron, KD, it was the superstars. Whereas, yeah, these teams have superstars, but they're more on the, the next level down. So, I'm with you. I, I kind of think the change of the, the new four new storylines is, is very refreshing for, for the league. And I, I think it's a lot that they can. To get, can market on and play on moving forward, um, yeah. and you know, I, I I particularly love the Phoenix crowd. I think they're, they're you know they're crazy, especially that son's in four guy now. He's a uh, he's at every game and uh, <laughs> son's in four, and he's got a he's he's got an action figure now. They still have action figures on him. Oh, that was, that was great. And then um, and then someone created. I don't think it's real, but the bloke that he kicked the shit out of in Denver. Um, yeah, they created one for him with black eyes, and yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah he's, uh, he's, he's come out and been saying, "Oh no, he didn't didn't get me a good one. He scratched my nose. That's why I've got a mark. He's getting the nose. You get black eyes. As you can see, I don't have black eyes. Yeah, so, man, makeup's a good, to, makeup's amazing. That guy's trying to get his fifteen minutes of fame. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, the, I mean, I think, did, I think it's one of the first years that I've I've ever been that when it's come to the conference finals. I, as much as I want Atlanta to win, if Atlanta doesn't win, there's not a team where I go, I don't want that team to win. Yeah, because, you know, like uh, CP3 and the Suns coming back from the – I mean, Chris Paul has had the worst luck of, of anyone when it comes to playoffs. Getting yeah. injured with the Rockets and, you know, the, 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 the shit collapses with the Clippers. Doc Rivers, a common denom- denominator there. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, this latest one where he gets put in a COVID protocol, test positive to COVID-19, and then he, he's out for the first two games and – you know, luckily for him, they win. You know, and with a couple of days rest and back to LA, he might be able to be ready for Game Four. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I, I think if any of those four teams, there'll be some pretty good, um, some feel-good stories to come out of that. Um, Clippers probably the least of the four. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, I'd be happy to see Phoenix win just just, just for that sort of uh, Chris Paul and you know, I mean. Man, Devin Booker has been awesome. Um, yeah. This player, yeah, DeAndre been... Ayton, you know, he's he's playing like a proper number one pick, you know, averaging 20 and 15 and l- looking dominant, you know, making guys like Rudy Gobert seem one dimensional, things like that. Uh, and then obviously the Hawks, you know, on the run they've been on, a little bit rem- uh, reminiscent to maybe the Dallas Mavericks of 2011, you know, just get, get on a run, get, get, get it done. And then obviously the Bucks, you know, the whole. Greek freak, Janice story. And I think this year for them is a, is a bit of redemption uh, more than anything, you know, trying to ma- cover lost ground. And imagine Coach Bud, you know, 
on the chopping block would have been, like I said, if Kevin Durant's shoe was a 16 instead of 17, Nets win that game, Coach Bud's fired. Now he might end up winning a championship. So there's so many sliding doors moments to the for each of these four teams, not only for this season, but the last couple of years that uh, will certainly make for some uh, some good off-season reading. Yes. Yes. So who's your pick? Lana. Lana to win it all. Nugget? Yep. Yeah, I think the Bucks. Yeah, the Greek freak gets his chip. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but I think as much as it pains me to say this, to have to agree with one of our friends, Jolsey, uh, who picked the Suns two years ago as the team on the rise, I think... No, um, he didn't. He picked them because fucking Baines was Baines. there. <laughs> he did. He did. Baines is in there. I mean, I, I don't know how, how valid his claim is, but but uh, I think out of all the teams left, Phoenix are the most complete basketball team. I think they have... Uh, they're stronger at all, all, all five positions collectively. Um, and I think one, one footnote to this is a lot of teams you see rely on the three-pointers throughout the whole year, um, you know, and, and a lot of that goes away for a lot of these teams in the playoffs. So, you know, looking at teams that have a pretty solid from the mid-range, you know, Devin Book has been really good at that. Paul George, pretty good at that today. Uh, Embiid, you know, even though the Sixers lost, hit, hit some fourth-quarter shots, not threes. He turned it over, but, you know. The mid-range game is KD with the Nets. The mid-range game is very important. I think that will probably be the biggest storyline of the remainder of the four teams. The team that has the best mid-range game and can overcome poor shooting from the three-point line is probably going to come out the winners. Yeah, exactly. And I think we've seen well, we've seen that with the Clippers in that they've sort of been caning it when they've been absolutely on fire when it dries up. Well, especially free throws win games. They have to oh, say that. Yes. Yeah, well, if Terrence Mann doesn't go for 39 in game seven, do, do the Clippers win? Did Pat Beverly not make three three pointers in a row for the first time in five years? Do they not win game they not win game seven against the Jazz and the Jazz are all games? Is it, it was game six, wasn't it? it was game six, game six, yeah. So that, that, shot, that was that, that was an incredible half of basketball. I mean, they shot like 75%. I mean, I think, think mm. it would be a long time before anyone sees that level of shot making in the game. Mm. And, you know, the crowd, it was great great to see a full house Clippers, you know, a crowd that was loud. You know, they, their fans have sort of been highly criticised for not, not being Laker fans, um, not of that calibre anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, there's been some crazy performances from some guys that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Um, and that, I think, has been one of the best parts of the playoffs. That and, and in fact, the crowds are back. That, that, I think they make a big difference. Yeah, definitely. How many, how many plays do you think will take who might be free agents this year? Are there any free agents coming up that might have earned themselves a bit of a payday from runs these, these playoffs? I know the Hawks, John Collins is our, our only real... Uh, but he hasn't done too much to other than catch lobs and throw him down. He's he's not really boosted his contract value. I think depending on what what happens to the Hawks is is I, I, I doubt that John Collins will be there next year. I think he'll be with another team, but he probably will become a sign and trade candidate, I think, for someone yeah. that could could use him in that spot, especially if you're gonna have DeAndre Hanna coming back and you know, um the young the rookie you got and you know, maybe, maybe trading for Draymond Green to get him from the Warriors when uh, Ben Simmons ends up on the there and uh, they kind of those two guys in the same team. Now, um, if we you know, if we if we lose 
in the, this conference finals or even in the finals, and then we trade for Draymond Green, that'd be like a double kick to the nuts. So it's just, <laughs> I hate that dude. <laughs> Trey Young and uh, Draymond Green, the same team. Wow, Atlanta wow. Hawks quickly will become the most hated team ever. Um, <laughs> Melbourne, I think of, of all the teams over the years, the Atlanta Hawks have changed their logo and jersey the most. Yeah. Um, I think you are. You're wearing Atlanta Hawks headband. It yeah, looks mate. like the it looks like the McDonald's uniform from um, you know coming to America with those that color scheme. Yeah, <laughs> um, and sports. I'm oh yeah. Jeez. But that that by far the 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 yellow, red and white. That yeah, is the Atlanta Hawks to me. That is the Atlanta Hawks. What yeah. do you make of their current current kit? I'm, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I the MLK one, obviously Martin Luther King. That's the whole. Yeah. The, the, the history there, but uh, they're just sort of the other black fluoro, uniform. Fluoro yellow. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel like Atlanta's tried to be a bit like Barcelona in the uh, soccer in the, in the sense that they've just tried some wacky sort of uniform concepts that always fall flat yeah. in their face. Yeah. As long as it's got the Pac-Man logo on it, like, I'm, I'm down for it. Which, yeah. as me and, me and Matt were talking about, uh, Street were talking about uh, Nugget, now, it took us to a, well into our twenties to realise that it's not Pac-Man; it's a, it's a hawk embedded into the. Hundred <laughs> percent. So it was those two moments where I realised that it wasn't as smart as I thought. When <laughs> it was only in my twenties that I realised the Atlanta Hawks logo was an invert, inverse hawk, and not a Pac-Man. And for years and years, when I was younger, I just couldn't work out why or what that had to do with the hawk. And the other one was um, I, I obviously grew up in Canberra and near where we house we had a a sign that said rail XING. I used to think, and I knew there was a pla- place in there called Point Hut Crossing. And I was like, what the hell does railsing have to do with Point Hut Crossing? I could never work it out. And it was only until I moved to Newcastle that I was sitting in the traffic light, traffic light just near Hunter Street and it said rail Xing. Like, rail Xing? That reminds me of fu- rail fucking crossing. And then that's when the penny <laughs> dropped. So those are the two uh, moments where I knew that I wasn't as smart as I thought I was. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks logo and the rail crossing sign really just solidified me. And, well, if you, you know. if, if you really want to blow your mind, it's the KFC. And it, it, I read a thing and it said, why does the KFC mean it is a stick figure? Next time you drive past the KFC, have a look. You, what? you won't be able to and see it. The KFC is so what? the KFC logo, they got the colonel, and then under his tie and bow. But if you look at it, it looks like a stick man. Oh. Under his head. So there you go. There you go, listeners. Next time you drive past KFC, can't unsee that. These graphic graphic designers with all the subliminal messages. I'll tell you mm. what. All right. So uh, to wrap things up, Melma's got the uh, Hawks winning the chip. Nuggets got the Bucks. And I'm going to go with the complete Phoenix Suns, who are looking pretty good at the moment. And I've got to say, the home court looks pretty, pretty fly. The uniforms are really nice. <laughs> Um, and they just play a good style of basketball at the moment. And uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, what if the Hawks win those finals? There's a long service leave coming oh, up. Oh, yeah. And uh, we, we now we, we also must bring this up. So, Melmoth, you are a renowned non-beer drinker, correct? Yes, yes. And you, are, you, have a love the of the, you have a love of vodka cruises and, and the lolly waters. So vod- it, I'm, I'm steering away from the, the, the lolly stuff. As long as it's got vodka in it, I'm happy. All right, so we're just going to go well, with Vodka Cruises here because that, so so Melmoth, um, if the Hawks were to win, Adam has uh, openly agreed to host in celebration 
a vodka cruiser rainbow party in the sense oh, yeah. that all the different colours and we're going to go and watch all the Hawks games from that, from the <laughs> finals in recap and drink vodka cruisers and end up with a mighty uh, headache from all the sugar. Bouncing off the walls. <laughs> all right. No worries. Well, thanks for being our guest tonight, Melmoth. Much appreciated. And the Atlanta Thank Hawks insight was... Um, was uh, well appreciated. Whilst we still don't like Trey Young, we appreciate facets of his game. And uh, <laughs> if you if you had your time again, what would you do? Would you still would you keep if if, if the Hawks make the finals and don't win, and Luka Doncic still hasn't won a first round series, if you could go back and make that trade again, what do you do? Oh God, I'd probably still make this. Is, it's probably, I'd, I still want Luka. Still want Luka. <laughs> Absolutely. But if 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 Trey if we win, Luke can go to hell and Trey's <laughs> in. <laughs> okay, here's another question: Would you take one championship in year four for Trey, um, or ten years of amazing Luka Doncic play, but you don't know if they win or not? What do you do? Give me that, give me that champ. Give me that championship. Take the ring. Yep. Yep. I know how you feel. Tell, I my, made my... tell my soul. <laughs> well, mate, I made my deal with the devil in 2016 and I said, I only want to see one Sharks premiership in my life and if it happens, this is the year. And it did. So, you know, I probably won't ever see it again. But So on that same vein there from Streety, so Melmoth, would you get a Hawks tattoo? Ooh. Would you get the, okay, would you get the Pac-Man tat on your ass cheek? <laughs> yeah, on your ass cheek. Yes. <laughs> Seriously consider it. No, 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 no. We yes. we need a commitment on on the episode. <laughs> Adam Melmoth, if the Atlanta Hawks win the NBA championship this season, do you agree to get the Atlanta Hawks Pac-Man logo tattooed on your ass? <laughs> you get to pick which cheek. Right now. Yeah, there we go. Yep. There All right. Go. It is done. It is sealed. Excellent. Good. All right. Brilliant. Up the up the Hawks. Let's go. We're, now, we're now on Team Hawks. And when this happens, uh, the Sports and Spit team are allowed to come and make sure this happens and watch it. No one needs to see that. No, we, we need we to go. see it. Absolutely, we're going. Because Mac is going to be the one doing the tattooing. We didn't, we didn't put that disclosure <laughs> in, but that's all right. Macca, get start practicing, mate. <laughs> yeah. I'd prefer, oh, yeah. prefer Ollie's buddy uh, artwork skills over Macca's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's this right. is true. He's, he, oh, now he's, one, he's one, one, one final thing. Paddy Mills has been training that training the house down in Hawaii, prepping for uh, Boomers Camp. Uh, the Boomers aren't coming back to Australia to prepare just for the whole COVID travel thing. So they'll be based out of the US. But how excited are we for Tokyo to get a bit closer, boys? How are we feeling? Are we confident? Yeah, mate, I'm just looking forward to good because uh, some listeners don't know we've got a boys weekend come uh, semi-finals for the basketball, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I can't wait for it. We can rip in. This, there's a few of the US side, that uh, a few notable players headed over there now, so that sort of Absolutely, does push yeah. our medal chances down a lot. But uh, yeah, A bit of uncertainty look, over the Boomers roster as well now. See what happens there. What's your space? It's, it's, it's the Olympics. Who knows? Yeah, someone always turns out. Nice. Yep. Let's find in that. Patty, in Patty, we trust. Find that hidden <laughs> diamond. All right, no, no worries. Now, Nugget, your audio has been a little bit funny at times tonight. It sounds like you've had a few hits of speed uh, when you start a few <laughs> sentences. It must be the, the lag on the um, 
on, on the audio, but everyone, we assure you, Nugget is 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 a clean bill of health, and there's no performance enhancing or dehancing substances being taken from his end. It's just an audio problem, so that's why he's talking quicker in some parts than others. Yeah, that's just how I roll, mate. That's how you roll, exactly. It's all good. It's what happens when you work in finance. It's all go 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 and <laughs> blow blow blow. Yeah. Seen the Wolf of, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. That's right. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Hank on Hunter Street. That's um, it. I'm not getting into that. <laughs> All right. Hank Thank you, Hunter. everyone. Do. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, listening to episode 53 of Sports and Spit. We'll be back before you know it with the next one. And Macca will be back. Maybe. Maybe we don't need him. We'll see. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All, All right. All right, guys, we'll see you soon. And uh, back for thank you very much. Go the Hawks for Melbourne Let's get it done. Yeah.